Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring and motivating life-changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to The Prosperity Project. One of my favourite ever episodes from the podcast has been when we encouraged you and encouraged yourself to rather than set goals, to set miracles in your life. So rather than sharing with you a goal setting process, we want to share with you a miracle setting process. I think you're going to love today's discussion. So the past couple of weeks, you might have seen by the theme of the podcast as well, I've been really in this process of understanding creativity. Particularly, you know, I love to share in the podcast my journey, our journeys, what we're going through, you know, we're just as much experiencing human life as anyone watching or listening and I have really found the past year since leaving my corporate job I've had to rediscover how to actually be creative rather than somebody telling me to be creative and you know we touched upon this in a couple of episodes particularly one I mentioned at the start where we talked about a fantastic book by Michael Neal that's called um, Creating the Impossible it's like a 90 day book that you go through and he really inspired me to think about this shift from goal setting to miracle setting so actually kind of making the magic happen in your life that you wouldn't normally expect and this This week, as we're recording this, I actually got a chance to do something that was completely out of my comfort zone. So normally your world of creative is around the videos. Yes. And around these podcasts and not too much else. So a lot of things that you do are otherwise reading things Mm. which are either um, spiritual based or factual based. You, You enjoy reading books and your creativity outlets are definitely things that everyone sees so far absolutely yeah so you decided to do something a little bit different a little bit outside of your comfort zone (laughs) to test your creativity so march i've kind of say as a a learning a new skill shall we say so i think we touched upon this last week as well in the episode we were talking about even you know when do we know knowledge from wisdom you know what's just very practical advice and then that extra level of applying it and i hopefully do as I say, I hopefully like walk and talk what we kind of talk about on this podcast and everything. And I felt that I had this block around drawing. And I have always said I can't draw. So, you know, I'll mention on the podcast and videos, I'm an engineer, so it's always, you know, stick diagrams and circuit design is very linear. It's, you know, you're drawing things so that everyone could recognise, regardless of how good a talent you have, to draw these circuits. And I found art really tough at school. I didn't enjoy it. And I think for me, everything like science and maths and physics and computing that I loved was because there was a set pattern to follow. Yeah, there's a definite path to success. Yes, exactly. It can be measured, you know how to do it, and all you need is the methodology, mm-hmm. and then remembering that to be able to apply it when it counts. Exactly. Whereas art, there, there are methods involved as far mm. as how you use particular materials and mediums, but obviously from the moment you know how to apply oil to a canvas... Mm what happens with that oil it's up to is, you. is up to you. Absolutely. So the past weeks I actually had, I've got two things that I booked in. The first was I got a chance to be on an incredible creative workshop with one of my friends, a lady called Kim Flower, who she has a company called Hagami. You might, you might see me mention on Instagram, a local based Glasgow charity and outreach where she uses creative arts. Her thing is watercolors in, in particular. Um, and she uses that for encouraging people to be creative. 
And her journey is actually, um, and I'm not going to touch upon it all because for her to share, but her journey is that she was in the corporate world. She reached a point where she was suicidal with the breakdown of things, didn't think she could carry on. And it was from that moment in time that actually she redeveloped her creative side. So she'd actually studied design at uni and kind of put that in the back burner when she went into the creative world. You know, you don't need it anymore. And through the past maybe five, six years of her journey, she's then reconnected with this art side of herself. And actually, she that's her business. <laughs> she sells art and she sells, you know, workshops and she goes into organisations. And I've always looked at Kim's work. Like, we are very lucky that we've actually got some of her artwork in the, the house. It's something that you felt inspired to have hanging around art and beauty and things like that and I always wished that I could paint and draw like that but I've always said to myself I can't do it and I think it's one of those blocks and you can apply it to anything you just saying I can't do that then creates it so I then don't try to pick up a paintbrush that's exactly it if you say you can't do something you, don't you pretty try. much don't try exactly so um, I say to the kids all the time if you want to get good at something you need to do it. Mm-hmm. And actually, at the moment, we're trying to teach them guitar, which is quite creative in some mm-hmm. ways, but also quite linear in how you need to learn and progress. And I told them from the very start, you're going to suck. I know. I love that. You just like, I said, <laughs> you're going to be terrible. Yeah. And then the next time you try, you're also going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. And for weeks, you're going to suck and you're going to be terrible. But then you'll be slightly less terrible. Yes. You'll still be terrible but you'll be slightly less terrible. And actually, I think that by me explaining it like that, because they're both quite hard on themselves, they want to achieve and succeed. And I think that's some of the kind of childlike impatience. Mm -hmm. And I think all of us can have that. We don't want to do things that are difficult because it makes us feel like we're not very successful, we're not very good. Um, So teaching the kids from the very start that you are going to be terrible, everyone's terrible, and it's going to take a while to be slightly less terrible. (laughs) They've actually embraced that message and are comfortable with it. And I think that more of us need to understand that rather than not try, that we need to actually decide to put in the effort. Because Mm. unless you spend the time, unless you do something, you're not going to get good at something. If you tell Mm. yourself you're not good then of course you're not going to get any better because you're not going to put your time there. Well, And you just stop it in its infancy, don't you, more than anything. So a long story short, so I, I went on this course this one day and I actually found that I was really enjoying painting in watercolours. Now, I'm not saying <laughs> I'm anything close to being, you know, being able to sell my work, but a couple of people around me were like, you know, that's actually quite good. And, you know, I was actually more than anything enjoying the process. And I think it was a, a way for me to be creative without the pressure. And actually, I'm going to have a video on the Mama Furfer channel where I talk about my lessons, actually, of leaving my job and being creative, being self-employed. And that was one of the things I actually found. It's, it's like, are you enjoying the art form or do you feel like there's a pressure to perform? And I think, you know, in, actually in the course of March, I'm saying my goal is to learn to draw. I'd actually I've booked myself in a residential course <laughs> as well. Because I can't, you know, in the summer last year, I was like, you know what? I'm going to break this mindset. I'm going to learn how to draw. So, yeah, I'm away to... So you're off for five I'm days. I'm for an intensive learning how to draw portraits. And, and we'll uh, put a not? video of that on yeah, the Kempson yeah. house. Because so gonna... honestly, I can't draw. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to enter it by saying I can't draw, like, categorically. <laughs> I can't draw right now very good. I, the watercolour was just a little expression and I'm getting there. But this, I think, is going to be 
I hope it's encouraging for people actually watching and learning. Like I've got, I've had this block and, you know, hopefully, hopefully you're going to see me smash it on here. Well, and actually when we think about your process here, mm -hmm. the important part is that for you, it's probably a miracle to mm. be able to create something from an artistic point of view yes that you actually look at and think i did that's, that that's quite good yeah <laughs> that's quite good that's not like sam or nathan did it that's not like it's come out of yeah. a primary school and you've got to stick it on your fridge for a week that's yeah. actually something that's quite good and what i find interesting about that whole process is that it's because you've decided to apply yourself to it mm -hmm. because you've decided to show up and spend mm. some time that you're going to be able to feel that way so I reckon that when you went on your um, one day thing or your half day thing, mm. when you first started, it felt a little bit more awkward. You didn't know what to do. Yes. And by the end, you felt like you were just flowing with it and you were less judgmental mm. and more just doing what you need to do. And yes. to feel that way is probably a miracle for you in, in some regards. And that, I think, is the thing that I took away from that book mm. that you mentioned so that plan for 90 days, which is um, focus on a miracle, focus on trying to create a miracle, that thing that is not a goal. A goal is something that you feel like you can do and yes, you just work towards. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And you can cover a bit more about goals and miracles and recap on that. But the thing I took most from that was actually that you need to do the work. Mm. So here's the 90 day plan, but there's something to do each day. Now, it's not necessarily a different thing each day. So at first it starts off with thoughts and mindsets yes. and things, and then it's about activities. But the important part is doing something. And I think that when we ponder the thought of miracle in our heads, it can almost seem like it's bolt of lightning that mm -hmm. shows up. So you're sitting on the sofa and you're busy watching something on Netflix and suddenly, boom, miracle happens. <laughs> yeah. You suddenly like a KFC got, delivery. <laughs> yeah, your, your KFC delivery turns up. You've There's got your medical. a million pounds in the bank suddenly. Yep. And it just happened like this bolt of lightning, whether it's from luck or God or just whatever random thing, it turns up mm. for free. Mm. And actually, I like the fact that the book focuses on the work mm. to create the miracle. The important part isn't that it's going to necessarily magically happen, but it's more that if you put yourself in the right place and you do the work, mm. then you'll make headway towards where you want to be. And by setting a miracle, where you want to be is absolutely this few steps further mm. than you think is feasible or possible. And that's where you need that magic to happen. But you wouldn't get there without that daily effort mm. and that focus. And I think we often miss that part of hoping for miracles, that it does require your eyes to be open, to see opportunity, yes. to do some of the work to get you there. It's not something that randomly a butler's going to hand you a platter of what you require mm. without you trying to make it happen. Mm, that's so good. And I actually, some insight that I had from this creative workshop with Kim, when you think of the goal, okay, maybe to create a picture or a portrait or something, this is what this is something that really stuck out to me, actually. You would maybe, somebody conventionally would say, well, I need the right paper. If the outcome is to get a beautiful picture that I could hang on my wall that I'm, I'm proud of, I need the right paper, so I need to go to an art store and get that. I need the right supplies, so I need the right watercolours, the right paintbrushes. Okay, what did, you know, some of the greatest painters use, right? Kim's technique, actually, she used coffee to do the pictures. So she had the paper, a good enough paper and paintbrushes. I think they were just, you know, normal kiddie paintbrushes and water. And she had used coffee as the medium that we were painting with. And you would think, 
you never use coffee, you know, coffee or oils or things like that. But she was just kind of like, well, we've got all these sources around us that we can be creative with as well. And I think sometimes we get really stuck in, there's a set formula for your creative miracle to happen. So to touch upon very quickly, the difference between goals, as you said, goal setting is all about, I kind of see it as you believe you can make it happen. So with the right amount of effort, the right amount of money, supplies, it's very driven from you making it happen. Yes, there's circumstances and, you know, things aligning. Miracles, as we touched upon in the podcast, was the mindset of this thing could happen a 5% chance. So it's almost like you are going into it just purely to see what fun you can have. You don't almost expect the goal to happen, but, you know, there's a 5% chance and you're going to require not just you, but something else helping you. The right things, the right places, the right nudges, it's bigger than you. And I think that is the thing that's missing from a lot of people's goals and miracles, if you like. It's that excitement. Plus also, if you're stuck in just a goal mindset, that feels quite heavy. Like it relies completely on me. And we're not here alone. You know, we've got each other, but, you know, my opinion, we've also got, you know, a creator as well to help us. And that miracle mindset, I've just know that it then makes me think anything's possible. And also I can create anything as well. And I also believe that having a mindset around goals only Mm. is a limiting factor Mm. as well. So if you imagine that you are going to enter a race and you're going to run and it's not very many people but you're good enough to qualify for yeah. it well a goal could be i want to perform around my best time for this particular race and a lot of people will set that i just want to do my best whatever my best is i want to do that rather than set a miracle and say i want to win yeah well okay by setting that miracle and saying i want to win well the chances are slim especially if other people's times are significantly better mm. than yours when you're looking at their personal best but you're setting yourself a stretch goal because if you've already run a particular time before, then saying I want to achieve that or slightly better, well, that's realistic. Yeah, You yeah. can do that because you've done it. But why not set yourself out and say, I want to win. I want to become top three mm-hmm. if your times aren't even close to it. That's a miracle. And by pushing towards that and by asking for that and requesting it, then you don't know what reserves you can find within you or what comes from outside of you to drive to achieve that but what you're doing is you're setting yourself a stretch something that you really don't feel like is possible but you would absolutely love as an outcome Mm. and that's the key why are we setting ourselves targets and journeys that are within the realms of possibility that we know we can reach Mm -hmm. why aren't we stretching for things that we we probably don't feel we can reach because if you do enough of them and if you set enough of them over the course of your life you'll find that you actually can reach things. You had one, um, I think, towards the tail end of yes, last year. Yes, that was where great year. you wanted to achieve something. Yeah, so I had, when we were doing this process, I had written down a list of three things. Um, and I didn't tell you, didn't tell anyone. I've mentioned it, I think, on the podcast before. But I wrote them down. And what I do is when I'm thinking of the things that I want to create that seem like miracles, I actually like to have it. I put it in my Bible. So it's kind of, I feel like it's getting looked after. <laughs> While I'm off doing, you know, what I need to do is getting looked after by the higher higher powers making things happen. And one of those three, and I can say it now, I actually asked for a new income source to open up. And I put in an amount as well. And at that time, I could not think 
where such a thing would come from. Now, if you follow our journey on the Mama Furfer channel and even the Kempston House channel, for us, one, one of the things that we started from the beginning when we were looking to build a business was passive income sources. So passive meaning that we do it once and then people can enjoy it and it multiplies, you know, without any further time. So I, I started the process and then wrote that down, didn't think about it anymore, one of the three. And within two weeks, that income source and or an income source did indeed open up. And it's actually one that I think it could be a real life-changing one in our life a real kind of shift in the direction that I was going and when I was thinking about this process deeper about okay what knowledge or what wisdom could I you know could we share that would help people set miracles prepare for miracles there's two places I went to the first thing is I mean you know no hesitation we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago as well I think the book of Genesis in the Bible is like one of this the best places to look for how to create because categorically in my mind you are a miracle and I'm a miracle and everyone watching and listening is a miracle do you like if we actually go to the biological factors about how we came to be about here <laughs> how to, we came to you know be human beings and alive you wouldn't have been this version of you if you know you maybe your mum hadn't been able to carry the pregnancy that you know it could have been you know you've got brother you've got brothers and sisters and things everyone looks different everyone is different well how far do you need to go back mm. and look at the fact that your great 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 whatever yes needed to be born yes and then the next one and the next one and these people had to be conceived on the day in the hour by the particular combination of the one in a million and all of that coming together mm. at the point where you end up the, all the way down the line, mm. then it became you. Yes. So the chances of you being you is it's so, it, it's a miracle. It is a miracle that it kind of goes that way. And you could say, well, someone was going to show up, so who cares whether it was me or not? <laughs> and depending on your beliefs and, and whatever it is that you might follow, it's still a miracle that you're here, mm. regardless of whether you feel like it's, kind of preordained and happened through God or whether you believe that just biologically mm. it's a matter of time and right place but you being you born in the country that you're born in with the life that you have and the people around you through generations and generations of luck chance and people even just deciding to have kids in the first <laughs> <Exactly>. place <laughs> it's amazing i know truly amazing and so i go to that and i shared a couple of weeks ago that there's a clear process like you may on a surface level read a story and you think okay that's just you know the story of how the world began or whatever the interpretation is but within it down beneath the surface level there's a creation process and we touched upon it i gave that process a couple of weeks ago but essentially what it is is there's a thought there's a thought that happens there's an intention to create something, a thought, and then there's speaking, creating it, forming it. And I went then to another book, which is one of my favourite, one of my favourite prosperity teachers is a lady called Edwin Gaines, who's still alive, wonderful lady. And she has a book called The Four Laws of Prosperity, I believe. Um, I, I hope that's the right title. I'll, I'll make sure if I correct it in the notes if it's not. And she teaches uh, a golden goal setting process as well, which is very similar. And what I actually found in my research, there's a lot of similarities actually a lot of people are teaching very similar 
miracle, you know, big life goal setting processes. So I think there's some fundamentals here that we can all learn from. And what I would say is that I always love sharing this bit of wisdom as well. The word desire, the root call, the root of it, the Latin of it actually means like moving towards impulses from a creator, from a higher power. So when we have desires and, you know, thinking actually this would make my world better or the world better or other people's lives better, I do believe it's because you've been given that impulse, that inclination because it's going to bring out something in you and also something out in the world that's better. So never dismiss any good desires that you have. And I really hope that um, this process helps as well. Okay, so this process is a combination of Edwin Gaines' setting down and also my interpretation, my little wisdom that I've learned and also, you know, been reading and studying and applied in my own life. So the first thing she says is when you want to set a miracle, get a dedicated notebook and write down exactly all your desires that you would like to create no matter how big and small and she really says to get specific now I am going to call out some of the principles I think here and I think you know a lot of motivational coaches or speakers will will describe that to you the act of writing things down I find incredibly meditational incredibly therapeutic and I feel it connects me more with what I'm writing down. So rather than typing out goals or doing a vision board, I find the art of writing, I can see myself, you know, the words and I'm hearing them in my head almost at the same time. But what that's doing is creating from ideas to a mm. physical form. Oh, wow. It's yeah. actually manifesting your thoughts into a physical space and often you'll find that when it's a thought in your head it can just come and go with ease and it doesn't really make a difference the moment you make something tangible and i don't see any problem really with typing it out but it's mm. less tangible mm. in a computer form it's just a file it's not a real thing physical paper is a wonderful thing because you're creating something from your ideas mm. it's come from your head and now you have something physical to show for it now granted that's not the outcome you've not created the outputs that you're looking for but it moves it from ideas to the physical realm wow, which then good. allows yeah. you to take that thing to further along in the physical realm and actually generating it oh no that's incredible and i actually have you you joke about me and my notebooks i do have different bits of paper and notebooks and i talked about i actually put my goals or my miracles i'm working or i'm kind of keeping in my head in my bible whatever works for you but i think we're going to cut, touch upon the kind of sacredness of this process and it's something very personal as well so let me carry on so i want you to write down all the miracles or goals that you want to see happen and i'm going to shift and say i really encourage you for the miracles the five percent chance of happening get specific as well so actually name what you would like to see as much detail as you can the second thing she says is choose the most important desires so actually look through all those desires because it's, it's fantastic to do that brain dump of everything you could think about you know going on a cruise going to a bts concert whatever you fancy this is my list i think i'm giving it but what is the most important life-changing ones and remember these are miracles you can assume they are very likely to happen. You know, I want you to go with the belief that these will happen. You know, you don't know the process how, but what would make the most difference in your life? And what we find, I find in that shift of like prioritizing is I start to actually think, 
what is truly in my benefit. What's the thing that is going to make a difference to the people I love, what I'm doing, me as a person. And I said it before, I'll say it again now, don't just wrap money. Because money... <laughs> What's it going to do? What are you doing with <laughs> the money? What are you doing with it? That when we're saying be specific, yes. I want a million pounds. To do what? For what? <laughs> what are you doing with your million pounds? Because it ain't going to make you feel secure. actually that million pounds is should be off the list entirely. Mm. If you want to have this car, this house, this option for work or how you're going to earn yes, a living or yes. how you're going to give back to the world in some way, these are the things you actually want. If someone said to you, I'll give you the kind of job career you want with the hours that you want, mm. the house you want, the car you want, and the ability to do holidays, trips, whatever it is, mm. but I'm not going to give you a million pounds. Your, your bank balance will be actually be quite low or similar to what it is now, but I'm going to give you all these things. I think most people, if they're smart, yes. would take that. So what you're looking for is not the money piece, but what is the money for? If you mm. want more time, what yes. are you doing with your time? So this is where the being specific really is being specific. Name the things rather than this overarching mechanism that would enable it to happen. Absolutely spot on. And then the next thing she said in the process is, now this is, this is the secret sauce. This is the beautiful part right here. Once you've got that list in the order of priority and maybe you're pick, you've picked one, here's the question she recommends that you need to ask yourself on a daily basis while you're working on your medical. And she, um, she's a spiritual teacher, so she actually says, you know, God, tell me what I must change about myself to achieve these goals. Okay, she doesn't say, you know, what actions have I to take? Well, it's kind of linked to actions a little bit, but she doesn't say, okay, what's the way that this is going to happen? You know, who do I have to speak to? She goes, what do I need to change about myself to make it happen? And I think that's the key for a lot of things because often we assume we need to have the things in our life before we can become something. You need to have the financial independence number sitting in the back before you're allowed to enjoy your life. You're allowed, you need to have that new car in the driveway. You need to be skinny enough. These things are just postponements of the happiness and freedom you're entitled to right now. You were, you were born free. And I love that question that is what do I need to change because if I'm being honest, a, a lot of the time, 99.9% .9 of the time, it's something that needs to change in you that then opens up the rest of your miracles happening. And that thought really resonates with me because if things have been the same for you in your life for a period of time, mm. then whatever you've been doing isn't working. If you're not happy with it, then yes. how you've been, yes. who you are, your approach to things, what you do each day isn't working for the goals that you really want. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you just not focus on the goals. But by asking, how can I be better? That fits in with what I was saying earlier about it needs action mm, each day. Mm. Whether you're physically doing something or introspective and looking at how you need to change, it doesn't really make a difference what the approach is, but there's still thought and effort and work and recognition of your active part in the process mm -hmm. to achieve these miracles you're looking for. Absolutely. Now the rest of the process, so we've got that list, we've asked ourselves what we're doing on a daily basis. She then recommends reading this list morning and night. Now the secret sauce there is actually repetition is the secret of changing your mindset a bit. And it's also saying to yourself that it's switching the belief and maybe you thinking these can't be achieved to them actually being possible in your life. We also have that simple saying, out of sight, out of mind. Yes. If you don't look at something, you don't refresh your thoughts on it, 
then it moves to the back of your mindset and it becomes less of a focus. If you focus on spending the time reminding yourself of the things that are important to you, mm. then you're more likely to spend the time on them. Absolutely. So then it goes on to the next part. So if you were to stop there and just ask yourself the question, you know, what do I need to change every week or every day even, you would see progress. And you would also get particular wisdom for you. You know, I think you'd be called out on maybe a lot of habits that you haven't realised. Um, and we'll maybe touch upon some of the habits I feel I'm having to tweak in my life as well in future episodes. But she then goes on to say, OK, you've got that list. You've asked yourself, you've now got to, to really drive the belief that that miracle can happen. And there's various ways that people really tell you to to make that belief inside yourself more concrete it's usually with visualization so can you see yourself actually achieving that goal what words are you saying about it as well are you saying oh well this will never happen but i've written this medical goal oh well that it can't possibly happen that way but i've written this anyway and go around that list with yourself and actually say okay what can i do to act like right now I can experience this thing and I think one of my favorite stories I, I was reading this morning again a lot of the prophets when they're talking they give people um ways that they can make miracles happen again I'm always keen what you know what are the steps there's there's insight to learn from things they're not just stories a lot of the time it would be if somebody came let's say to a prophet or you know even the savior or something and say right i'm this way i've got this illness i've got this thing happening the first thing usually that would be asked of them is okay what do you want and what do you have so what have you physically got around you as well that we can use and it wouldn't necessarily be things that would look like they would make the process happen. It would be, oh, you know, one example comes to mind that there was a prophet called Elisha and they wanted um, rain to come to fertilise. You know, there was a drought uh, drought in the land. They couldn't crop, you know, the crops weren't growing and things. And he literally told them to dig the ditches. Yeah, but there's no rain. Dig the ditches. Prepare. Like, what are you doing to prepare for your miracle happening? And this really got me thinking about, you know, a lot of times in life, we also ask for the miracles. We think we want them, but we don't do anything. Out. We don't start to look for our miracle. We don't actually start to prepare. And I think this is one of the key things when you go through this process, you actually start to realise how much it's all about you being ready for what you actually want to create. It's easy to look at miracles and say, it's too difficult. I don't have the tools. I don't have the means. I'm too far away from it. Or it can be too challenging. Mm. So when you say behave like you've already achieved these goals, the challenge can be that they feel far away. Mm. But I always think to myself, you must have got the goals from somewhere. They must have come to your head from somewhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in all likelihood, it's from either social media or TV or movies or, or something else. You've had inspiration from someone else mm. who already has that. And if you take a look, there's probably a lot of people that have that. There's a lot of people that have the beach body. There's a lot of people that have the nice house, the yes. wonderful family relationship, the trips abroad, the job that they, well, I wouldn't go so far as to say they love, but there's lots of people that have jobs that they don't hate mm. every Sunday evening. It doesn't get in the way of enjoying their Sundays, knowing that the dread of Monday is coming. So there's lots of people that live the kind of miracles that we would probably write down. And if other people are living it, and not all of them were born into a lot of opportunity and wealth, then it's possible. If someone else has done it, then you can. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, not everyone that decides that they want to run a fast 100 meters is going to do it as fast as Usain Bolt. That's 
a miracle may be too far, but you could run faster than you ever imagined. If you want a really nice house, now you might not be able to get an eight million pound house in Miami, Mm -hmm. but you will get a very nice house for you if that's your aim. If you want the beach body, now depending on your height and your body shape and your bone density and everything else, you might not be able to look like a particular individual, but you'll be able to have a body that you are delighted with and proud to show off Mm -hmm. in a way that you want to, because other people have done it. So looking at other people rather than from a, a a jealousy point of view Mm. or a oh I could never achieve that because it's very easy to get into that mindset it's all right for them Mm -hmm. because they had the luck or they're just lucky the The right right timing no luck it doesn't is luck isn't magic luck is where opportunity meets preparation I think that's one of the things that's kind of commonly said Mm -hmm. doing the work and having the opportunity to show up to demonstrate that work mm. is what luck is. Yes. Without yes. the work, it's like the people that grew those pro- crops in that story. Yeah. They weren't lucky to grow the crops. They happened to prepare the land and it be ready so that when opportunity come, the rain, mm-hmm. then they were good to go. Mm-hmm. It happened and everything grew as it was supposed to be yes. because they'd already set themselves up with the preparation piece. So it's very easy to envisage yourself in particular scenarios mm. because if someone else has got there, then you can too. Absolutely. And even if someone hasn't yet, doesn't mean you can't. And the last thing I want to say, there's two points. The next thing in the process really is, I've talked about the sacredness of this list. And you're like, oh, well, why should you keep it secret? Why should you keep it secret? Okay, here's what I have found in my experience. A lot of people announce the good things that they're going to create in the world before they've made it happen. And what you're then opening up is, dare I say, opposition as well as support for you doing that thing. Like it's really easy to support you at the start of a dream because everyone loves the underdog. We love to see people do things. However, when things get harder and you know the path might be up and down, it could well be that that goal or miracle that you've written on that bit of paper, I talk about the, you know, the imagery of, Let's think, if I've never created this before in my life and, you know, I saw an airplane in the sky and I had never seen one, I'd never hear anyone telling me the name of it and I'm like, wow, I want a flying bird. I want a flying metal bird, right? But that's actually not what it is. It's got a name, it's got a purpose, but I'm looking up in the sky and saying, oh, I could have that, I could stroke it, I could give it a name, (laughs) right? I could feed it every night. No, it's an airplane, it carries people. And what I'm linking to this is the thing that you write down might not actually be the miracle. And so I would rather, and I know myself, that I'm writing as close as I can that I think is the area that's going to excite me or bring the most joy or bring something. But sometimes that is the exact area, but sometimes it's just the, the signpost on the way actually to the true medical that's going to come about. Well, sometimes opportunity presents itself mm. as you're down the path. Yes. So once you're doing the work, whether that's introspective or actually practically doing things to make stuff happen, what you'll find is that you uncover new things. Mm. You uncover new thoughts, new ideas, new opportunities. So just because you set a particular goal doesn't mean that that's where you end up. Mm. But what does happen is if you start the journey you will end up passing different destinations as you go. Yes. And you can decide whether they're for you or not for you Mm. as you go along. And when you talk about not sharing your goals with other people Mm. or not sharing those miracles that you want to achieve, 
you can absolutely get people looking to support you but you will get opposition to it and it's not that opposition necessarily comes from a negative place it can often come from people looking out for you not wanting you to be disappointed or hurt so trying to protect you from not achieving dreams and goals that you're looking for so don't always see it as a negative thing that people are maybe just protective of you but what that does say is that that's why you should keep things to yourself because people are always basing things on their own mindset and their own expectations and their own reality and if you have if you want to lose weight for example and you've got a friend that's tried multiple times and has failed and they've seen you try a few times and you beat yourself up about yes, it yes they won't they then they're going to advise you. you to not try as hard or they're going to try and be protective of you in such a way that isn't propelling you forward mm. they're going to be a drag on your progress for good reasons in Mm -hmm, their head. mm -hmm. So by not sharing with them, it means that you don't put the burden on them to feel like they need to protect you from the emotions that you might have along the journey. And especially if you find things difficult. Yes. So it's really important to try to keep as much to yourself until maybe you need advice or support or information along the way. Because when we're trying to get to a particular goal a particular miracle we're trying to achieve things we also need to be aware that there are outside sources of information that can help us because there are other people that have done it because everything is possible if you've got it in your head you've probably seen it or inspired from somewhere else that means that there are sources of information Mm. out there that can help us along our way beautiful then the final summary for this is really remembering the the root of everything good in our life and it really is about love and also gratitude and once you have completed that whole process go back and actually just be aware of what you have in life I actually believe that when we focus on our relationships our prosperity overall our health our well-being people everything that we're using if you focus on nurturing that everything else will align from it and so with that I actually came across Two resources that I think will be really interesting if this has inspired you. There's a little tiny book that I found on Amazon randomly one day, and it's called The Seven Day Mental Diet. It's a very old book. I think it's about 100 years old or so. I can't remember exactly, but it's by, um, by a guy called Emmett Fox. And this little book is deceptively <laughs> small, thinking that it might be insignificant. In it, um, Emmett Fox actually describes a, a diet for our mind that's actually to do with the words that we tell ourselves and what we think. Now, he describes basically trying to go seven days straight in this diet, only thinking positively about your life and yourself and the things in it. Now, the whole point, he says, is if you can't go one day, like you, you mess up, one day in those seven you think negatively or you say something negatively you've got to start the seven days again so kind of like hard 75 or 75 hard the reboot the reboot and i picked up this like little booklet and normally you know a seven day challenge you're like yep i got this seven days without cheese or seven days on keto or seven days on weight watchers or whatever or reading challenges yep easy peasy seven days it's nothing but if i was being honest how easy would you find that very process seven days without thinking negatively or speaking negatively about the things in your world already now he said that that diet alone would change people forever so i'm going to ask you this question if you're watching or listening could you do that diet 
I don't know. Is there that many people courageous that would take it up? I'd love to know. I think that a lot of us would fail it at first and have quite a lot of reboots mm. because negativity is something that, that's ingrained in Your all default. of us. Mm, interesting. It, it, we, we often question what we can do and we have an attitude of can't do it. And that can't do it means that we don't try. Mm. And it's one of the main obstacles in our life. But when you take a look at your life, when things have been difficult for you, like truly difficult, not reaching upwards and wanting more, but like when you've had problems that have brought you down and you need to resolve them. So maybe you lose your job or maybe you have a medical challenge, whatever yes. it is. Yes. When have you ever not been successful in picking yourself back up mm. And resolving the problem. When the chips are down, when have you not been successful? And the answer for most people would be, well, that's never happened. Mm. I've never let myself down. I've never been in a position where things have gone wrong. Yes. And I've not recovered them and sorted them. I've never been in a position where I've lost my job. And, and there hasn't been another one. And there or... hasn't been another one available. I've not been able to pay that mortgage or not been able to repair maybe a mispayment or two down the line as I pick up a new career. Mm -hmm. I've never been, you're not gonna be in a position where you, you can say that you haven't resolved stuff. Mm. So then why do we think negatively about future things? And often it's because we don't actually have the same push mm. as we would have when something's taken away that we want to resolve. But negativity is something that we don't need to have because if you can be positive or you can make things happen in one scenario, then you can assume the best in all scenarios. There's no yeah. reason to assume anything. And it's one of your favorite things at the moment. What's the best that could happen? I know, I love saying that, don't I? It makes me smile. And actually, it lallies in really lovely to the second mental diet that I found. So if the seven-day diet, Emmett Fox has, has tickled you and you think, oh, I think I, I, I would have that courage to do it. I'd love to know. But the second one, again, we're seeing a lot of similar patterns. So this, this process must work. Uh, a guy called Brian Tracy, who's a very famous motivational coach as well. He gives a 21-day mental diet. Oh, that's a bit longer. That's, that's three weeks. That's two weeks longer, isn't it? Um, and actually, interesting enough, his process is very similar to Edwin Gaines. And I'm going to really quickly run through his process. But this is now for seven days three days to change your mental health and mental well-being he says to create a golden hour first thing in the morning so he says to get up two hours before you would normally need to start your day the first hour dedicate to watching reading and um, looking at uplifting inspirational books podcasts audio it's all about feeding the mind. You'd feed your body normally for breakfast. Feed your mind with the good stuff. Don't put on the news. Don't put on Instagram. Don't put on Facebook. But you're talking about real positivity. Mm -hmm. So stuff that's got depth to it. So yes, rather than sitting truth. there on your sofa with a cup of tea looking at your live, love, laugh <laughs> poster on the wall. No, I mean, instead, something good. it's really something that's got a deeper meaning, a deeper kind of hold on you and what you want to achieve and something that just feels really that inspiring. That just feels truth, absolutely. So he says the first hour dedicate to that. In that hour as well, he also says, remember that list we created, our medical list? He actually says to write, again, write, as Matt described it beautifully, actually make it manifest, write down your top 10 to 15 goals, medicals, for you'd like to achieve in your life, but you have to write the list from scratch every day. 
So this list is not, you save it, you actually sit and think, oh, actually, what do I want to happen? Do I still want that miracle to happen? Are you allowed to refer to the old one? No, you're not allowed to refer to the old one. So you've actually got to, this is where you start to see, do I actually want the thing that I've previously thought? Well, what you find is you add things, you remove things, things become less important. And I think that these are the kind of processes that for the first couple of days, Mm -hmm. they feel slightly clunky and annoying, Mm -hmm. especially when you're thinking about what did I write yesterday? What did I write yesterday? What have I missed? But once you get into the flow of doing it, then you find that the whole process becomes easier, more comfortable. And you've, it's that creative flow. Mm-hmm. You find that you're, you're in that and everything just becomes a lot more comfortable. Maybe not the waking up slightly earlier, <laughs> but the actual yeah. process of what you're doing after the fact yes. ju- just becomes more natural. Yes. You become you don't second guess it as much. Absolutely. Then he moves on to actually writing an action plan for the day. So actually writing what you want to create that day. And he says that you have to imagine you are going away tonight for a month. And what is the one thing that you absolutely must do that would then move you forward if you had to pack up everything and that's all you had to achieve. And there's a lot of books that talk about this concept, compound, you know, theory, building up of one thing consecutively. And what he then advises, you had an hour to build your mind. The second hour is for making your miracle happen, the action of that one thing that is going to be a game changer. So it could be working on your business. It could be writing that book. It could be, you know, doing a business plan. Um, it could be exercising. There's going to be one thing. And what we're really seeing here is this constant structure of getting clarity on what you want to achieve, but then also taking the priority action. What is actually the thing that's going to make a difference in your life? And I would say what I've found interesting is it's really all about where are the focus priority areas in your life. So you see, my secret little sauce right now is I can look at anyone's bank account or how they budget their money and I can tell what their priorities are for their life. Not what they think they should be doing. I can pretty much determine how they feel about maybe their life as well how they feel about their perspective in the world or things coming about. I can, how you spend your money, how you invest your money is usually what you value in life. Now, it could be totally in contradiction to what you think you want, but this is actually your true place. And I think what the the real crux of all of the, you know, the 21 day mental diet as well is it's saying what is actually important with the greatest asset you have, which is your time. What are you actually investing in? And we've had conversations this week and this is something I struggle with cutting through the easy stuff. Cause there's some stuff that I just find really satisfying because I can do it. I can make videos, I can do podcasts, but if you ask me to do an X and Y and Z, I'm like, oh, I think I need to clean the floor right now. I think I need to, <laughs> I think I need to answer my YouTube comments, right? Easy stuff. And it's cutting through, I suppose, the ease and turning towards the, the productive, the actual joy-filled process. Now, when you hear about these kind of books and they say two hours here and an hour there mm. and everything else, it can sound too much. So I try to take these kind of thought processes, and these books are still valuable. Mm. The same as there's always something you can take from most books. If you look behind Mm. the cover and you look beneath the surface, you'll find stuff that actually makes a difference. And what I see there is it's about spending time. If you write out this list of miracles that you're looking for, and you say each day I'm going to work 15 minutes on the top one or two priorities... I'm just going to give 15 minutes to it to change my thoughts, my mindset, put some effort in, do something. 
that's going to get me closer? Well, the first thing is that 15 minutes might end up being more mm. because the same as when you were in the artistic flow, something that you felt like was hard and you can't really sustain this and you'll just sit there and do a doodle for five minutes. Suddenly two hours later, you're still there and you're in the flow and you think, oh, geez, the time's run out. Yeah. And I'm still ready to go. So you might find that your 15 minutes turns into an hour because you're in the flow of things. But even if it doesn't, you're 15 minutes closer. That's 15 minutes of time. Wow. Yeah. And when people say, like, that's at 10,000 hours, that yes, you need to be, to an, be expert an expert in something. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure how true that is. Mm. And it depends on what you're measuring. But you've already put in a lot of time to be an expert at your own life. Mm. So <laughs> an extra 15 minutes each day on top of what you're already doing as you exist and as your mind ticks over mm. when you're not actively spending time, you're actually spending a lot of time on these things. And if you only allocate 15 minutes a day as a minimum, I guarantee you that your mind will also be ticking over about what am I going to do with my 15 minutes. If you do it for a week or two, mm -hmm. then during the day, you'll suddenly be writing notes saying, right, well, later, actually, I want to do this, I want to do that. And your 15 minutes has already increased yes, yeah. due to the attention you've given it at other times because you want to make the most of your 15 minutes. So you'll find that the creative flow in your own life continues to perpetuate and yeah. amplify over the course of time which means that you're going to gain that traction to create the miracles that you're looking for and to end up further down the road than when you started mm. so yes if you can give two hours up then great if you can give an hour up another time then great but everyone can find 15 minutes mm. there are 15 minutes in a day and if you start with that then who knows what you can achieve? And maybe that's the miracle. What can I achieve with 15 minutes wow, a day, if it. nothing else? Well, I think Matt's given you the challenge. It's normally me that gives the challenge. Beautiful, thank you for that. And I would say, just to summarise, I really, I always hope these podcasts give you little nuggets or something you think, yep, I'm, I'm getting led in the right direction. So do please let us know in the comments on YouTube or, you know, wherever you're listening to us. Let us know if this is valuable to you, uh, if you you found something that you're going to really embrace moving forward. But as always, we really appreciate when you listen or watch to us. We're on the Mama Furfer channel for video format. If you want to see our beautiful faces every week, you can catch the episodes there. And if you prefer putting us in your ears while you're at the gym or a walk around the house, whatever, we are available on iTunes, Google, Spotify, anywhere that you like to listen to podcasts, we are there also. We'd really encourage you, we have a back catalogue of, Matt tells me it's over 90 now, I believe. It's getting close to 100, how excited. <laughs> it's coming nearly two year mark. Um, we would love if you'd maybe listen to another episode or, or pass this episode on to someone else, that would be incredible. So thank you so much for watching and listening today. We'll speak to you very soon.